Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. These episodes are dedicated to bringing you into the room during our staff meeting devos. Each week, a member of our team shares about some aspect of the mission, vision, and culture at Word of Life. We hope you enjoy this week's staff meeting devo from Pastor Megan Wood. So something that's been on my heart since actually yesterday was um, this idea of what got us here won't take us there. And you probably have heard that phrase many times. It's not something I came up with. It's actually um, from a book by uh, with the author by the name of Marshall Goldsmith. He wrote a book by the title, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about that this morning. And there's a verse that I wanted to point to in Isaiah 43, 14 through 19. You probably have heard me say it before. It's like one of my favorite verses. And that verse um, was given to me and Tom in a very challenging time in ministry and um, when we were looking to see what God had for us next. But I really believe that it is also um, for our church. And the interesting thing is about this verse before I read it out is that actually Pastor Randy, without knowing how much this verse meant to us, also um, read this me- this verse out. I think it was at a, a Q&A thing that we had right before we stepped in as lead pastors. And he read this verse out um, for the future of Word of Life. And it was just really special because it was just kind of a confirmation of what God had already been speaking to Tom and I for um, a couple of years. So I'm going to go ahead and read this out to you. It says in Isaiah 43, 14 through 19, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt and all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new see I have already begun do you not see it I will make a pathway through the wilderness I will create rivers in the dry wasteland this idea of doing something new in that verse we see God saying this is all the things that I have done I've done these miraculous things but yet I'm still going to do something new and it's going to look different to what I did before but it's going to be just as great, if not better, what I'm going to do. And, you know, I think that's an interesting thing because we all know this to be true, right? We can look through history in the Bible and we can see God doing new things. We can see it and we can even look back. We can look at the Israelites, for example. We can look back at them and we can be like, why do they act like that? Why do they act so spoiled? Why do they act so stupid sometimes when they know what God has done for them? Isn't he going to be faithful again? And it's so easy for us to look at that. But what about our own lives, right? We can look back on God's faithfulness and still yet think, how's God going to bring us through the next thing? Or this doesn't look like what it did before. I kind of liked the way things were before. I kind of liked the comfortability of what was before. And I kind of just want to get to the next place by doing the same thing, 
right? We kind of, we want that. We like, we like comfort. We like knowing. We don't like having to step outside of our comfort zones. We don't like having to do things that are different. And that is super difficult to just move into that. It's actually super easy to rely on how we came to be where we are today rather than looking to see what God has for us next. So there are a few things that um, I want to just go through. The first thing is we needed to get here before we could get there, right? We can't, we are here for a reason. And there was something that took us to this point, right? And there is something that's going to take us to the next place, but we had to get here first, we had to be here first. So wherever that is in your personal life, whether it's on your team, whether it's in our church, there was a something that needed to happen to get us to this point before we can go to the next place. So it's good for us to recognize that. It's good for us to um, be encouraged by that because, you know, success, it should be celebrated, right? We should celebrate success, but that's not where we pitch our tent right? We can't just pitch our tent in our current success or else we will never get any further than that because doing the same things will only produce the same things. You know, I was thinking about like, um, I don't know about you, but when you were in high school and there's high school football teams and everything, um, regularly, like that was the, the big deal, right? Like was high school. I mean, at least for me, it was high school football. I don't know, maybe it was a different sport for you, but it was high school football. And I know that I would find friends who like be 10 years later that I had run into and they're still talking about the glory days of being on the high school football team, right? They're still celebrating that. And, you know, it's always been one of those things where I'm like, that's so sad. Like, right? Like, I'm like, haven't you had so many more amazing and incredible moments since your glory days, you know, on the football field when you were 16 years old, right? And, you know, and then... I remember um, Tom and I, we bought this house in New Jersey, and we bought it from a family, and it just so happened that the family, um, the wife, was a child actress, and we didn't know this until we moved in, but she turned out to be a child actress in a, a well-known movie, but she still was reliving those glory days well into her, I mean, she was um, probably in her late 40s at that time, and I know she was a school teacher um, in the town we lived in. And we had heard from the community that on the first day of her school year, she would make the kids watch the movie that she was in. Um, she had been on several like panels in the area, and when the question was asked to her, what is your greatest accomplishment in life? What is you know, the best thing that's ever happened to you? And she would say, being in this movie. And I remember thinking to myself, but you've had two kids since then. You've gotten married since then. You work in a school. You've done all these things, and yet... This is what you're focused on, is what you did at five years old, right? And But we can do that, too. As silly as those things sound, we can do that. We could camp out in the 20 years, 20 years ago how nice this was. And then there's almost this, and that's great. We can celebrate those things. But sometimes we can look back and we can say, what if we went back to those things? What if we did those things again? And... They sound really nice, but in that, we also forget all of the hard parts, right? We forget all of the hard things in those seasons when we reflect back. I can think of that for myself. I look back to when my babies were newborns, and I'm like, oh, I miss that so much. I miss it, but I forget 
all of the sleepless nights, all of the diaper changes, all of the feedings, all of the bottles I had to wash, all the money I spent on diapers, all of those things, all of the crying, all of that, you know, I forget all those things because there is nostalgia attached to it, right? But we needed to get here before we could get there. So those are good things to reflect on. We just can't pitch our tent in those things. They're good things to celebrate. They're worth celebrating. So we needed to get here before we could get there. The second thing is what was meant for one season isn't meant for another season. You know, I know Tom said in a message a couple of times, um, a couple of messages ago, he said, method is subject to the fruit, right? That uh, the method only works if the fruit is there, right? Sometimes we want to keep trying the same things that worked last season, hoping that this season they're going to work. And it, logically, it makes sense. We can look at it and we can look back and we can say, this worked. Why isn't it working now? Yet, there may be something that we have to do a little bit different. We have to pivot. We have to change something if the fruit isn't there. If we're not seeing the outcome that we want to be seeing, then we have to change the method in which we're doing it. And we have to weigh up whether something is working or not, right? We have to ask that question. We have to, to sacrifice the comfortability of doing the same thing and ask the hard question of, what is going to work, and that means sometimes putting in more work to make it happen. But the reward is so rewarding, right? Fruit is rewarding, and it's contagious. When you have great fruit from something you're doing, you want to do it more. And everyone around you wants to get on board, and they want to do it too when they start seeing the fruit of it. So we needed to get here before we could get there. Two, what was meant for one season isn't meant for another season. And three, what got us here won't keep us here, right? It's not going to keep us here. It's, it, in fact, we may think that what we keep doing is going to keep us here, but actually what ends up happening is we lose momentum. And when you lose momentum, you actually take steps backwards. And so it may, we may say, okay, we're happy with where we're at, and we just want to keep doing what we're doing to maintain that, but it will not maintain where you are at. Because even though we don't like change, we also don't like to stay the same, right? Isn't that an interesting thing, I think, that you don't like change, but you also don't want to stay the same. You don't want things to stay the same, really. You just don't like the hard work or changing the th things that you're doing that you've come accustomed to. You want, you want things to change without having that part, right? Without having the uncomfortability. But it takes the uncomfortable to get there. So just like in that, those verses, right, that God's doing something new. He's doing something new. He's doing something new in your life. Your personal life, he's doing something new on your team. He's doing something new in our church. And a lot of it, we cannot even see. We have no idea what next season is going to look like, right? We're just about to, ready to end all of our COVID mandates. We don't know what the next season is going to look like. We're entering into a new season. And we don't know what that is going to bring, right? But we know it's something new. And I know that I don't want us to get comfortable 
in this season. I don't want to get comfortable in my own life. I don't want to get comfortable in just doing the same things all the time because I want to see fruit from my life. I want to see fruit from our church. I want to see fruit from our ministries. I want to see a church that looks different a year from now because it means we're doing something right. And even if it makes me feel uncomfortable, even if there are things that I'm, I'm hesitant to change because actually maybe I like this better, right? There's, there's so many times I remember when we were in New Jersey um, and being a part of the worship team for a little while. Most of the songs I didn't even like, you know, that we're singing, but everyone loved those songs, right? When I was a worship pastor in Montana, I had to sing a lot of songs I did not personally like, right? But that's where God was moving. That's what people were moving to, right? So you just jump on board and you pray that your heart changes, right? <laughs> that's just how you do. You you sing, um, what is it, a thousand reasons? What is that song? Yeah. Oh, yes. Bless the Lord of my soul. I know, I know many of you that are listening to this right now are like, oh, I love that song. I'm just going to tell you, I really, really dislike that song. And I have sang that song more times than you can possibly imagine um, and sang it with my eyes closed, like, God, please transform my heart right now. Looking out, looking at the people raising their hands and singing it with so much gusto and passion and all of that. And, you know, but that's what it's about, right? It's what is God doing? What does God want to do? It's not about me. It's not about my comfortability. It's about what he is doing. What is the new thing that he is doing? And I definitely want to join him there because he's going to keep doing it. He's going to move on. He's going to keep doing the new thing. And I don't want to be stuck doing the old thing when he's doing the new thing. I want to be there doing the new thing with him, right? So I have just a couple questions for you guys just to ask yourself. And those questions are, what new things does God want to do for you? What are those things? Pray about them. What is the, the new things that God wants to do in your life? The second thing is, what does he want to do for your team? What does he want to do? For, and if you're a volunteer listening to this, you don't have to be a leader to be asking those questions. You can be a volunteer on a team asking that same question of what God wants to do on your team. And the third thing is what does he want to do in our church? Look for where God is moving in our church. So I want to leave you with those questions. And then the last thing is, are there any places where you're resisting because you miss the old way? Have you maybe camped out? in a place of nostalgia, in a place of where, you know, that time meant a lot to you. And we all have those moments in time where we just kind of close our eyes and we think about them and we are just, it brings us right back there and we remember all the feelings that we had in those moments and all the wonderful things. And those are such wonderful places, but maybe some in some places we've camped out in those places and we think that if we went back to those things, things would be so much better. But God is doing a new thing. So let's go ahead and pray. God, I just thank you so much, God, um, that you are doing a new thing. God, that you have plans, God. Plans that we cannot even imagine, God. That you are making a way, God, where we can't even see that you're making a way. God, that you go before us. God, that we aren't 
you aren't joining our mission. We're joining your mission. And God, we don't want to be doing the old when you have something new for us. God, we want to join you in the new. And we don't want to be doing the things that we want to do. We don't want to be promoting our own vision and doing new things just for the sake of doing new things. We want to do the things that you have planned, God. We don't want to resist you. We want to go with you. God, I pray that you would show those areas to us in our own personal lives, in our teams, and in our church, and in our community even. God, I pray for those things. I pray that we would take an honest look at ourselves and an honest look at the areas that we influence around us. In Jesus' name, amen.